been talking recently about the China crisis um, and now it's spread to the garden. Um, there is um, a big collapse in the share price and the holdings of Evergrande uh, that we talked about last week and in recent weeks, which has led to, in, in China, there's massive ghost cities of apartment box built, which have just not been sold and not occupied. Uh, and now as a second Chinese company, uh, Country Garden, has, has almost collapsed, just uh, staved it off. They reported a 23 billion, uh, a, 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 sorry, 52 billion loss in the first six months of 2023. Um, and and th this has created this big crisis. They had a, a bond repayment, which was due in, in September for $22 million uh, that they couldn't meet. Uh, and if they hadn't met that, that would have meant the collapse of that, that country garden. Now, those bonds have been extended. That's given them a bit more time to make that money back up. Doesn't it stop them collapsing today? It's helped the recovery of the prices in the very short term of some of the other companies uh, in Evergrande and what have you. But it's still got this China crisis where they've effectively got this, uh, obviously, this property in China that they can't sell um, and the restrictions on that. And uh, it could lead to a, a property crisis around the world or banking crisis around the world with this amount of debt that, that could be lost uh, to the uh, international community. So ghost cities in China, uh, bad debt uh, spread around the world. Uh, in the unstable world of 2023, we need China to engage with the rest of the world to avoid those uh, debt defaults on their international uh, liabilities and holdings and the ramifications elsewhere. We're already in a bit of a recession in China, and, and that could uh, help uh, bring down prices around the world. So let's see how things develop in the coming months. Uh, you can keep in touch here at propartnership.com. Uh, and on our Living and Working Board show on YouTube or um, uh, follow us on our Twitter space. The next feature we want to cover this week is property rental regulation. Now, for expats, many expats uh, around the world own property abroad or, or back home and rent it out. And, and this it can be quite a good way of supporting income and lifestyle. Whether your investment is in cash, is in property and businesses or property, uh, there's always a way to generate income. And with property, that's the property rental income. Many uh, people have invested in overseas property uh, to, to get that. But over the last few years, regulation is coming in, an exchange of information has come in. Uh, in the past, we've mentioned that the OECD, based in Paris, is increasing its regulations and they will come up uh, to another level again next year. And this is why banks are increasingly asking you to verify where you live and who you are and what your ID is. That verification question, that ID question, is now spreading to the property rental sector. And so you've got uh, issues like in the EU, in, in, in Spain, uh, in Cyprus, if you want to rent uh, property as a holiday let using Airbnb, 
we may need a, a, a license to do that. We might be barred from doing it altogether in the case if you're not a Spanish citizen. Um, you also have to consider other regulations that do need personal liability insurance for, for your uh, business venture. So the small property exemptions that may have existed in the past are, are being removed. And, and from a health and safety perspective, um, if you've got swimming pools overseas, you could need to have lifeguards or uh, other restrictions on that. But in the UK, um, if you've got a property rental um, that you're using as a holiday let, you now have to consider the, the new regulations where you have fire doors and smoke alarms as well. So even though it's a small business, it's an investment income, the costs of, of uh, maintaining that property rental business are going up uh, and, and increasing uh, the cost and the management of that. For more help and guidance on your liabilities and uh, the licensing requirements to enable you to um, successfully run a property rental business and declare those taxes and incomes in the country in which your property is owned and rented, contact us at poetpartnership.com. There's a frozen pond of pension tax traps that's been set uh, under under the radar uh, by the in, by the UK. In the UK, there, there was a, a limit to the amount anybody could put into a pension, and this has been removed so that people can keep working longer, put more money into pensions, getting tax deductibility. When you put money into a pension in the UK, it's into a fund that you get the money out as a taxable income. Um, even when you're living and working abroad. So if an expat with a, a UK pension fund comes to live in Cyprus, they could pay just 5% tax on that income, as opposed to up to 45% in the UK. So it, th there's a good tax break for expats to uh, take their pension fund uh, abroad. Um, but what everybody with a, a pension fund in the UK enjoys is a tax-free lump sum. And 25% uh, of the capital of the fund is it, it, a tax-free sum. But now that the, the limit has been raised on the amount that you can put into your pension, um, on the one hand, the tax-free lump sum is no longer 25% indefinitely. So the, 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 pain, the pension fund limit was, was a million, just over a million pounds. That's been removed. But the 25% of that cap has been maintained. So the max, maximum tax-free lump sum you can get from a UK pension fund is, is 268,000. And that's frozen now. That's frozen going forward. So that's not going to go up. So in, in the next 5, 10, 15 years, that's going to be depreciating the value. So what can expats do, do with that? If you're an expat living working abroad and you've got a UK pension fund, you can consider reorganising your pension fund to take it away from direct UK taxation. Now, there is some restrictions on that, and the UK tightening up on that so that they don't lose their um, uh, preferred uh, future taxable income. But you, you could move that away and reduce your, your tax liability 
and your flexibility to draw income, pay less tax and, and get bigger tax-free lump sums in the future. Um, expats that are living and working abroad, you don't have to maintain and top up uh, a pension in the UK. So a uh, UK expat living and working abroad uh, can indeed uh, pay uh, um, uh, uh, into a UK pension and still get some tax relief and tax credits on the money going into that pension scheme. And that might be deemed to be a good thing. Um, however, uh, on, on the other side, uh, an expat can pay into a pension fund and that pension fund can be completely tax-free even when you return to the, return to the UK. So by setting up a pension fund uh, tax efficiently, um, you, you can protect your future earnings uh, as a pensioner, whether you're living as an expat uh, abroad or whether you're moving back to the UK. More information guide us on managing your pension savings uh, while living and working abroad, either once you've moved abroad as an expat or whether you continue to work, uh, contact us at productpartnership.com. There's a bit of a Swiss cheese conundrum coming up. Uh, for a long time, Swiss has been renowned for discrete tax banking and that you could hold a, an account without people knowing the detail. Uh, and things are changing. Um, as we've said before many times, uh, international regulation is changing um, and uh, more and more organisations are bit falling under the scope of anti-money laundering uh, legislation. Um, so what the international governments want to do is stop tax crime, um, terrorist crime um, and, and drug crime and, and with that money laundering going abroad. Uh, but those rules affect everybody um, and include uh, not paying tax uh, in the appropriate way. Um, so this is something to think about uh, when, you, when, when you're um, li living and working abroad. Going forward now, uh, the Swiss have introduced um, regulation so that the banks need to keep a register of the beneficial owners of their bank accounts. But these regulations have been extended to not just banks, but to lawyers, tax accountants, um, and property rental agents uh, around the world. And as each country applies the, the new sets of international tax regulations and minimum tax levels, it's going to impact uh, quite radically on what you do. So you can have a discrete tax plan, um, uh, and, and you can have a plan that's worked for many years, but going forward, uh, that disclosure of who the beneficial owners are of the business, of the family trust, of the, uh, of the investment holding, by declaring that to a Swiss bank, uh, it, it puts a hole through any previous discrete tax planning where the beneficial owners are not known. So the beneficial owners will be known, and when the beneficial owners are known, exchange of information between tax authorities allows investigations to be take place to ensure that the, the rules are followed and the right amount of tax is paid for expats and cross-border business, whether that's property rental, contractors, or just people working remotely. 
Uh, for more information and guidance on how to protect your family, business and property, contact us at partnership.com. So uh, that's the news for this week. Thanks a lot for listening. We're now going to go on to our main feature where we're going to feature inheritance tax. Um, uh, inheritance tax is, is, is a big issue if you have to pay it. In, in different countries, it's paid in different ways. So in, in some Scandinavian countries, the inheritance tax is paid by the, the family receiving it. Uh, but normally, an inheritance tax is a form of capital gains tax that's charged on an estate on somebody's death. And it's part of the probate and administration business that, that, that occurs. Uh, it's based upon your domicile about where you're from. So if you're uh, a UK born, then uh, a, a UK citizen, even if he's living and working abroad and dies abroad, has still got this potential liability to inheritance tax on his death, which will charge the estate at 40%. So if you've got uh, property in Britain, property overseas, uh, and maybe some investments and, and other interests, don't those are all potentially liable to 40% inheritance tax when you die. Uh, we mentioned earlier today about pensions. <clears throat> Money in a pension fund is a pension trust, and that's taxable income when it comes out. Uh, th that doesn't suffer inheritance tax or on death, but there is still a, 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 a lifetime tax uh, from a UK pension fund when somebody dies uh, up to 45%. So although it's not inheritance tax as such, income taxes are still going to be charged on that fund. Uh, it's another reason why an expat might, might choose to protect that uh, UK pension trust um, by having it in a slightly different offshore uh, arrangement. With exchange of information and beneficial owners being known for uh, overseas property investments uh, uh, companies um, and, and uh, bank accounts, then uh, th this also applies to a probate administration. So if you uh, die in a specific country, especially in the EU, you're, you've got an obligation to do your worldwide uh, estate uh, clearance in that country. And you may not have an inheritance tax liability like in Cyprus, there is no inheritance tax. So that, that tax liability can be paid uh, and uh, is avoided if you're living and, 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 and die with assets in Cyprus, there's no inheritance tax. However, uh, to, to do the administration in Cyprus, you have to get worldwide tax clearance. So it comes back to the UK, the exchange of information uh, the beneficial owners of the company, the trust, uh, or the property are known to the tax authorities, and this information will come through and allow them to charge you uh, an inheritance tax. So how can how can you avoid that? In the UK, uh, you can make family gifts, and you could, but when you make gifts to family, you lose control. Now, if you're doing it on your deathbed and you're not going to need the money in a, in a week or two, uh, that's not a bad thing but you can still potentially get the liability to the tax so some gifts to family can be tax-free now 
of inheritance tax, some gifts to family, even in a lifetime gifts, uh, can still uh, attract inheritance tax. There is a, an inheritance tax, a lifetime inheritance tax charge of 20% if, if a large gift is made uh, outside of family, for example. So how, how can we get around this? In, in the UK, we could use something like a, a bear trust, but UK trust uh, legislation can avoid income or capital gains taxes, but then has a, a 10 yearly tax charge as well um, that potentially puts that under scrutiny. But it can work. Uh, for expats living and working abroad, um, we have the option of uh, a Cyprus International Trust. Um, the reason being that if you consider uh, a Cyprus International Trust, it, it's free of all taxes other than anything local that's arising in Cyprus. So if it's earned income or earned capital gain in Cyprus, it would be taxable, but otherwise, Cyprus International Trust is tax-free. Um, so what, what money would you put in that, that trust? So there's potentially exempt gifts that you can put into a trust. So like any, anybody can put a limited amount of money into a trust, and that's potentially exempt. So that's limited to 325000 in any seven-year period. Um, and anybody can benefit from that. So um, for a married couple, that would be seven, uh, 650,000. So you could get 2 million into the estate over 15 to 20 years. And when you die, you've got that 325,000 pounds But if you use a potentially exempt gift, that, that includes that, that 325. If you're married, um, inheritance tax is not charged to the widow, um, but it carries on and goes to the estate. So uh, if a couple, is, if one of them dies, um, there's £325,000 allowance each on first death and second death. Um, so the, the, the widow can keep the whole of the estate of the 700000 until second death and, and then distribute to beneficiaries. Um, with only the excess being charged to inheritance tax. Um, if somebody's widowed and remarried, they, 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 they keep their first partner and their second partner's um, uh, personal allowance to carry it forward into the future. Uh, so it's only when the last person uh, dies that the inheritance tax uh, has to be paid. Um, but that depends on dying at the right time with the right scenario. Uh, whereas if you gift to the family to can retain control, then there's potential uh, tax savings in the long term. When you have a company um, and you, you then go across border and you set up a number of different companies, you might need a holding company in each country to manage your different operations. So if Google opened a branch in, in France, they'll have a French uh, business, one in Cyprus, one in the UK. Um, <clears throat> there, there was uh, Hewlett, Hewlett Packard had a business in Russia and then they sold that because you know, of, of the sanctions and, and then they move away from that. So 
you can have a branch in every country, and that's a very effective way of doing that. And then there's a holding company in the centre that receives all the, the net profits from each of those trading companies uh, as that progresses. Um, but that any company is then always subject to the corporation tax. When you use a trust, a trust can be also a form of holding uh, structure uh, for um, businesses as well as property and investments. So a family, uh, family business can have their company, their property and their investments all held inside the family trust. Uh, and as we said before, if you're using a Cyprus International Trust uh, with worldwide assets, there, there is no tax on those worldwide property um, uh, uh, or business or investment gains. Now, it doesn't mean that there might not be local trading of a company or local uh, property gains or property rental income. They would still be taxed appropriately. There's no additional charge no corporation tax charge. The corporation tax is 25% in the UK uh, uh, on one extreme or 12.5% in Cyprus at another extreme. So there's no corporation tax. So once the assets are in the trust, um, the, 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 any income or gains that they earn is completely tax-free. But also, within that trust, it, it, it becomes... Uh, free of probate and free of uh, the need for any administration in the event of death. So you've got a, a holding company arrangement for your family's affairs, for the business, for the property um, and, and for the savings um, that, that can survive you, that you can control during your lifetime and it's free, free of tax um, and it's free of probate um, and, and administration. The beneficial owners of the trust will be known, um, but that's okay. And um, one of the problems with gifting uh, to save inheritance tax is losing control. And, and if you don't want to lose control, then the trust is a way of the family holding on to uh, a semblance of control. So you could, um, uh, the trustees and the protector, um, the chairman of the trustees, uh, control the assets. And what they mean, it can be a direct or an indirect beneficiary depending on how you work it. For example, uh, 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 a couple could have um, one as a settler and one as a beneficiary. Uh, but even so, once a, a, a trust is created, you can make loans to people instead of having a, a loan with a, a bank for a mortgage at their expense, you can create your own uh, banking system and make your own loans um, but that can also be a way of providing income as well so it becomes a very efficient way of managing your assets that on your death or uh, it, it is free of appropriate administration when people as they get older get dementia and get um, you know, or go into homes um, long-term care arrangements come into place. And again, these are often done through trusts. So um, they're, they're, they're still able to benefit from their family wealth um, with the money being held in the trust. Um, and, and, that, and for that reason, it's because they haven't got the capacity to look after themselves. 
But if you've got time and energy and foresight, um, you can make your potentially exempt gifts into your uh, trust arrangement and protect it from uh, potential inheritance tax in, in the very long run. And Bright are expat experts. If you go to our website at brightpartnership.com, you'll read more on our uh, this week's show where we detail the, the issues around um, using uh, a trust as a holding company for the family business, uh, be that property, property rentals, uh, investments, investment holdings and income, um, or, or whether it's a contractor and an overseas company operation uh, in multiple countries. Um, provides a sound way you to manage your affairs while you're living and working abroad uh, or investing overseas. Um, and you avoid the cost of delay of probate and your family uh, take over as trustees and manage your wealth down the generations, your children and grandchildren and beyond. So for more information guidance on that, uh, contact us at appropriatepartnership.com. Got one question today: Is is it expensive to run a, a trust? If you're creating a trust, it is an extra layer. So if you're operating a company, yes, that is expensive. And there is an administration cost and an additional set of tax returns before the trust. Uh, but the idea is that that management cost it is not the same as the the, the tax cost going ahead. So when you die, you leave your, your widow with, and your family with the cost and delay of uh, managing the probate and the administration, especially cross-border, the fees involved in that, and potentially the inheritance taxes. So you have that liability when you die uh, uh, you know, or, or when you lose your health. So by making those arrangements now, and planning ahead, you're spending that money, that time and expense now uh, to make sure that your family don't have that cost delay uh, when the time comes that, that your family circumstances move on and we need to change ownership to the next member of the family. Uh, so there is a cost, but with the Cyprus International Trust, there isn't a tax cost. So there isn't a, a corporation tax that's 25%, 19%, 12%. No corporation tax, just administration costs. And if the family are involved as trustees, uh, they get control of that. that. So for more information and guidance, contact us at partnership.com. And uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>